0: During Jesus' ministry, one of the primary ways he would instruct his disciples was through parables. People would gather from far and wide in order to listen to what Jesus said about the kingdom of God. And the most common way he would explain the kingdom was in parables. In this series, CMC campus pastors examine several parables of Jesus, exploring the rich truths they reveal about who Jesus is and what he came to achieve through his life, death, and resurrection. Now join lead pastor Tim Brooks as he teaches on the parable of the Good Samaritan.
1: Well, I am loving, loving this series on Jesus' parables that Pastor Paul and I are doing. Want to welcome all those that are joining us on podcast and are keeping up with our series on podcast. It's just a, it's a great time for us. Uh, And Paul and I, Paul and I have been talking about this. Um, We think beyond a shadow of a doubt, the most important thing that we could be studying is the teachings of Jesus himself and, I mean, what more, can, what more important can you look at than what Jesus himself taught? The parables of Jesus are stories that illustrate deep spiritual truths. And to teach those spiritual truths, Jesus uses daily stories to illustrate that. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Everybody go to Luke chapter 10, put your ribbon there because that's what we're going to look at. We call this the Good Samaritan. We call this the Good Samaritan. The parable itself does not call him good. We see by his actions that he was good. So, as we look at this, the first glance of the story, we see this parable teaching us to be nice to people. And that's pretty much what you've heard We ought to be nice to people. We ought to help people who are in need. And that's very true. That couldn't be more true. But surely this is not all that Jesus is saying. Everybody just be nice. I teach my dog not to jump on people. I want my dog to be nice. So it's, it's not... Uh, let, let's look at this. Let's, let's try to dive into this because most of you have grown up with sermons on the Good Samaritan and how we ought to be nice to folks. But what we, we're missing here. We, we're missing a whole lot. That, that's pretty shallow look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. Let's get started. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus replied with a story. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I can't read anymore. We got to stop right there. Jesus is replying with a story. Well, why would you start reading this story without knowing first what he's replying to? The most important part of understanding the good Samaritan is understanding what was Jesus replying to. He's answering a question here, and if we don't know what he's replying to, see people start reading the story of the good Samaritan if you got Those uh, subject titles in your Bible, what it'll have, the parable of the Good Samaritan. It'll be right above verse 30. And so everybody starts in verse 30 reading the parable of the Good Samaritan. Well, you can't start there. We've got to go back and see what he is replying to. Let's go back to verse 25. Here's where the story starts. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? There's your question. Everybody got that? Jesus replied, well, how does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Well, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbors yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half-dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. The bill runs higher than this. I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now, if you didn't go back and start at the first of that, all you got out of that is what most sermons you've heard. We've got to be nice to people. Okay, let's go back and start from the beginning. Verse 25. I I love everything about this. I just, I love it. I'm glad y'all are finally here. We won't teach on this all day. Verse 25. An expert. Everybody got that word? The expert in religion don't know how to get eternal life. Now, does anybody find that amusing? Well, that's not what this is about, but I just find that very interesting. That the expert in religion does not know how to inherit eternal life, and that is what this whole thing is about. Now, if you don't get that, then all you're going to do is read the Good Samaritan and go, well, you've got to be nice to people. If you see somebody, cut up, go put a Band-Aid on him, and that's good. Dismiss this, this church. If you don't understand, we're about to explain eternal life here. Now, when you get that, it opens up our eyes to a whole new meaning of the Good Samaritan. Verse 26, how do you see it? Jesus is showing here that the best that religion has got to offer ain't got it. Verse 27. Well, you love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, now, I'm not going to teach on this, but it's just always important when we read this. Love your neighbor as yourself is second Because that's impossible to do if you don't love the Lord your God with every part of your being. You can't love your neighbor as yourself. See, no sense in preaching sermons on we got to love our neighbor, We got to love our neighbor, people can't love their neighbor. You you can't do that. And you sure can't love your neighbor as yourself unless you first love God with every part of your being. The carnal-minded Christian is not capable of loving other people like God. We're required to love other people. When you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, then it opens you up to a whole nother realm of possibilities. Okay, let's move on. Verse 29, this expert, well, you love the Lord God with, with everything. Love your neighbor's Uh. Okay, I got to get out of this. Now, you can just see this guy here in verse 29. I'm done jumped off in the middle of this. Now, I need out. Jesus is about to turn the spotlight on my whole life. I know what he does. I don't want to be here. I feel like a cat on a hot tin roof. Uh, I got to get out of this. I'm over my head. So, flippantly, he's going to try to get Jesus sidetracked. Well, who is my neighbor? Okay. Jesus answered with a story. Jesus answers what with a story? What's the question? How do I get eternal life? That's what we're dealing with right here. Now, the key to that story is remembering how do I get eternal life. And right here in this story, Jesus unfolds the entire plan of God for salvation. The entire plan of God for salvation is about to be unfolded for us. Okay. Let me identify some characters in this story. The Samaritan. Okay, do you know who the Samaritans were? Do you know what a, do you know what a Samaritan was? For those that don't, the Samaritan was a half-breed. Half-Jew, half-Gentile. And that's why they were liked by nobody. They weren't Jews, they weren't Gentiles, and neither group like them, and you'll find out encounters as you read Jesus throughout the Gospels about him encountering the Samaritans. The Samaritans were half-breeds. They were both Jew and Gentile. All right, Jews represent what? God's people. Gentiles represent man's people. You know anybody else that was a half-breed? Jesus. He's both God and man. Jesus is the Good Samaritan. Jesus revealing himself to man. Here's the half breed right here. Jesus, both man and God, Jesus is a Samaritan. Okay, the certain man, the Jewish man that fell among thieves. Who was that? That's Adam. Adam, God's man, fell among thieves. What was Adam? What happened to Adam? He was robbed. He was stripped, and he was left. The certain man, your Bible says, or the Jewish man, God's man, Adam, traveling, in some translations say, down from Jerusalem to Jericho. All right, Adam was originally, Adam came from God. Originally, in heaven, traveling down to Jericho, Jerusalem is an example of heaven. Jericho, the illustration of the earth. Jerusalem is about 13,000 feet, at sea level altitude above Jericho. So the example is, here comes Adam, coming down from heaven, down into earth. Adam fell among thieves. Some translations say bandits. Different translation. Who is the thief in the Bible? The devil. All right, the devil, clearly throughout the Bible, is the thief. What does the thief come to do? John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. That's exactly the three things that happened right here. That's exactly what happened. Verse 30, Let follow me. Beat him, leaving him. Do you find this interesting? Half dead. Do you know, have you ever known anybody that was half pregnant? It's hard to do. Have you ever known anybody that was half dead? It's kind of one of those things you either are or you ain't. There's no half way. You are dead or you are alive, but you can't be half dead. Except except Adam was half dead. See, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. They ate of it. Well, did they kill over? No. What happened? They died spiritually, but they didn't die physically. Adam was left by the thief. Half dead. Is this the coolest thing? I, I, just, I just love studying the Bible. Here we go. Adam left half dead. Satan is the bandit. John 10, 10. Verse 30. Stripped him of his, I mean, what, stripped him of what? His clothes. What was Adam clothed in? Adam was clothed. He was clothed in the robe of righteousness, and when he sinned, oh no, he found himself naked. Well, why didn't he see himself naked before then? Because he wasn't naked. He was clothed in righteousness. He was clothed in righteousness until the devil stripped him of his clothes, and it was after he sinned that he looked down and found himself, I'm naked said, I'm stripped of my clothes. So verse 30, stripped him of his clothes. See, Adam was clothed by God. He was beaten by Satan. He was stripped of his clothes. Here he is, verse 30. Poverty, sickness, and death. Stripped of his clothes, poverty. Beat him, sickness, half dead, in death. That's the works of the thief that is what the enemy will do to you all right verse 31 and 32 verse 31 and verse 32 the priest some of your bible say the temple assistants some say the levites the priests were in charge of the ritual sacrifices they were the ones that offered sacrifices for you the Levi, or the temple assistants, or the Levites, were the teachers of the law. So here with these two, in verse 31 and verse 30, well, let's look at this, verse 31 and 32. By chance a priest came along. When he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Verse 32, a temple assistant, or the Levi, walked over, looked at him lying there, but he passed on the other side. They crossed over to the other side. The priest and the Levite, the the, the priest and the law could not go where sinful man was. The priest and the Levite could not bring salvation to sinful man. The law was perfect. Man was not. So that put them on the other side of the road. Here you've got lost man and you've got a perfect law that, that's on the opposite side of the road from where man is. The priest and the Levites were on the opposite side of the road where lost, beaten, hurting, wounded man was. Now the point here is the law and religion cannot bring healing, deliverance, salvation. Now I want you to notice, look in verse 31 and verse 32 They passed him on by. And that's exactly what was happening to lost man under the old covenant. The law was good. The the priest and all the sacrificing, that was good, except it passed man by from where man was. I'm beaten, I'm hurting, I'm wounded. i got to have some help here. Don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. Here bring me a dove. Bring me a goat. We'll kill it and we'll all say, "I'm hurting somebody." Say, right, "Bring me a goat. Bring me a dove." Perfect. We'll kill it. Don't do this and don't We're on the, we're on the opposite sides of the road. The, the religious system could not bring healing to where mankind was. Man was in a ditch with a spiritual problem and they just passed by on the other side of the road because the law cannot help a half-dead person. When you are spiritually dead, it does you no good to come in here and me tell you, don't do this and don't do that and don't go here and don't go there and don't wear this and don't do that. and don't. Do. When you are spiritually dead, it does you no good to hear a bunch of sermons on what you're not supposed to do. I, I'm not even there. I'm not even there. I, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm wounded. Now, we do know once you get saved, then God begins to give us a plan of how to live our life. But you don't stand up in front of a bunch of lost people and start telling them with a finger that's three feet long, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, And don't do that. They're hurting, folks. They're in a ditch. They have been robbed. They've been beaten. They've been stripped by the devil. And that law and that spiritual exercise can not help a half-dead person. Hebrew explains this. The first covenant was very limited. And Jesus came in the flesh to deal with the spiritual problem. See, the problem was we didn't need a bunch of laws. The problem was we didn't need to kill a bunch of perfect lambs and doves. The problem was a spiritual problem. So we got to have a spiritual problem solution. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Who's the Samaritan? Jesus. He walks over to where man is. See, Jesus walks over to where man is. Jesus is the one that can go to the source of the problem. Now, it's very interesting. Don't don't miss these words. Despised. Have you ever heard of anybody else that was referred to as despised in the Bible? Isaiah 53, 3. Isaiah prophesied Jesus would be despised. Over and over and over, we read Jesus was despised. I mean, you read all through the Gospels, Jesus felt compassion. And it's interesting, but in... The Greek translations, these are exactly the same. Word-for-word, despised and compassion are the same word-for-word that's used in identifying Jesus all through the Gospels. Same word. Here he is, verse 33. A despised Samaritan comes along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Verse 34 Going over to him, going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. He put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Jesus did not walk on by. He did not pass us by. He came to the side where we were. The law could not come over to us. It was on the other side. It was perfect. The priests, the Levites, could not come over to us. They were on the other side. Now, this is very interesting. Verse 31, by chance, by chance, a priest came. Verse 32, some translations say, by chance again. What's interesting is that wasn't the plan. See, when Adam found himself wounded and destroyed, then God brought the law. God had to bring that. But that wasn't the plan. Those came along by chance. You see what he's saying here? That this was an afterthought. This wasn't the plan. The plan was for Adam to live in the garden and all mankind to live in the garden of Eden forever. Now, when that didn't happen, so now we start bringing in religious system in here, and by chance, these guys come along. Verse 31, by chance. Verse 32, by chance. Here's what's interesting. Verse 33, there is no chance. I practiced all afternoon so I could hold it together. The Good Samaritan is not by chance. This guy coming along here, was not by chance. The Samaritan was determined where he was going before he left Jerusalem or before he left heaven. Jesus came and he saw man on the side of the road where man was and he had compassion. Could you imagine how Jesus felt on earth seeing what the devil was doing and had done to God's people? The hurt, the poverty, the wounds, beaten, stolen from. Jesus coming from heaven and seeing God's plan for how we are supposed to live. And he comes down here and he sees what the devil has done to mankind. It's no wonder he had such great compassion he came on a journey down from heaven down from jerusalem the example of heaven he comes on a journey down here on an assignment where the and he's come from no sickness no poverty no wounds and down here it's no wonder jesus was moved by great compassion verse 34 going over to him look at verse 34 going over here's what you need to know you didn't find jesus He found you. You you didn't find Jesus. He found you. And he found you when it was impossible for you to go to him. You had been wounded, beat, and left half dead. And it was impossible for you to go to him. He had to come to you. The law couldn't do it. It passed us by. The priest, as great as that system was, couldn't do it. That passed us by. That's why Jesus had to come to us. Your favorite verse in the Bible, in case you don't know which one it is, your favorite verse in the Bible is Matthew 27, verse 51. Always make sure you know where your favorite verse is. Matthew 27, verse 51, At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary was torn from top to bottom. That's your favorite verse in the whole Bible. See, the law couldn't tear that curtain and give you access to God. The priest couldn't tear that curtain and give you access to God. It was the only the good Samaritan that could tear that curtain and give you and I access to God. That's why it says they passed on by, they passed on by, but Jesus went over to where man was. Verse 33, a despised Samaritan on a journey, verse 34, went to the man who could not help himself. Could not help himself all right verse 34 going over to him the samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine bandaged them he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him okay oil in the old testament all all, all the way through the bible oil you put oil on old leather and that was everything to them at this time I mean, leather was, it's, you know, it's the way they held their water pots. It's, leather was everything. Well, you put oil on old leather, and it would bring new life to it. That's what oil did. So in the Bible, when you read oil, that's always an example of new birth. That is the, when you read oil, that's an example of new birth. When you read wine in the New Testament, that is an example of the Holy Spirit. So here, this good Samaritan, who is Jesus, comes over to lost, hurting, beating, stolen from man, and he brings salvation and the Holy Spirit. He puts him on his donkey. Well, I love every line of this. He put him on his donkey. Here's the key. After you are saved, you don't have to travel on your own. See, he didn't just say, okay, now I've saved you. Make it on your own. No. When Jesus saves you, he's going to put you on his donkey and carry you along in life. He's going to carry you along. Jesus provides new birth. He provided the Holy Spirit given by God. And you don't have to travel on your own. He's carrying you. Now, he takes him to where? The inn. All right. We've got to look up the word inn. In. The definition of in is a public dwelling place. You look up that word in the Greek, and it means to receive, to accept, to take in whoever comes in. In is a word that means you're going to receive whoever comes in. Okay, what is the in? That's us, the church. That is us, the church. The inn is the church, and the inn is going to take care of wounded, hurting people who have been saved, who have had the Holy Spirit given to them to lead, guide, direct, be their counselor. But the church then nurses you back to health. The church, see, when you get saved, what you've got to do is you've got to get to the church because that's where all of the wounds and the hurts and the pains that you have been carrying since that time you were beaten, you were stripped, you were left half dead in the ditch. Jesus came along, He brings new life into you. Now you've got to be carried to the church because that's where you remain. Verse 35, now Jesus is leaving, so he brings new birth. After new birth, he brings the Holy Spirit, takes you to church. Now, verse 35, the innkeeper is, real clear when you read about the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, the innkeeper is the Holy Spirit. And you remember in John chapter 14, when Jesus was leaving, his disciples got all worked up. Oh, don't leave us, don't leave us, don't leave us. You can't leave us, you can't leave us. What did Jesus say? ho! it's good that I go away because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who is your helper, your comforter, your revealer of truth, your guide. So when Jesus was going to leave this guy, oh, I'm panicked, I'm panicked. No, I'm leaving you with the innkeeper. Who is the innkeeper? The innkeeper is the Holy Spirit who is in this church, every time you come in here, you sense. that's hey, just something I sense. I just sense something. It's the You sense the Holy Spirit. You sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Some of our Spanish-speaking folks, it just always thrills me because I'll ask them. Some that come here that don't speak a word of English. So why do you come here? I just sense. I just feel. What do you feel? You feel the innkeeper. You sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Okay, it goes on. When I come again. When I return see that? When I come when okay, when I return. Church, this Samaritan is coming back. This 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 Samaritan is coming back. And you need to know he is. You need to know He is. Now, just take this for what it's worth. Everybody wants to tell the date and time when Jesus is coming back. Let me just give you one. It's interesting. What did Jesus leave the innkeeper? Verse 35. Two silver coins. Some of your translations say two pence. One pence or one silver coin at this time in history was one day's wage. Now, 2 Peter 3.8, a day is like what? A thousand years. He left two pences. I'm going to pay you for 2,000 years. Now, I'm probably to owe you a little more. When I come, then we'll settle up. That's as far as I'm going with that. But this is year 2,000. I don't know. Sometime after 2,000 years. It's going to be sometime later. But he did leave two pence. I won't go into that. I will say he's coming back. He's coming back. Now, which one of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Right here. Here is the Great Commission. Wow. There's the story. How do I inherit eternal life? Let me, in one story, explain to you the entire plan of salvation. All the way from the beginning of time. It wasn't God's plan to have to bring the law and the priest. They were by chance. They came and they just, they passed by. They just could not go on the same side of the road where lost, hurting man was. Jesus then reveals the entire plan of salvation, how this half-breed, half-God, half-man, this half-breed is going to come and find mankind beaten, stolen from, and left spiritually dead. Their their clothes were beaten off of them. The robe of righteousness was beaten and stolen from them. They were left half dead. They were still alive physically, but totally dead spiritually. Religion was on the other side of the road from where man was. It was perfect. Man was imperfect. Religion was right and good. Man was in sin, stripped and beaten. Man couldn't do it himself. Jesus came from heaven. Above, down to where we live, crossed over to where we were, ushered in new birth, new life, and gave us a second birth, a second chance again for life. He then put us on His donkey so we don't have to travel on our own strength and He will carry us. After Jesus does that for you, He then hands you over. Now born again, he hands you over to the church, and the church tends to you and keeps you until he returns. Can anybody in here give praise to the good Samaritan? Y'all stand with me. Anybody in here right now, before we leave this place, find yourself maybe just like the expert in religion. You know all about God. I mean, you've, you've been told about God your whole life. You know all about God. The problem is you just don't know the way to eternal life. If you're here, you've known about God, you've heard about God your whole life, but you don't know the way to eternal life. Right now, you, some of you in here may be, in fact, half dead. I mean, you may be half dead. You're alive physically. Clearly, you're here. But you're dead spiritually. You are half. You're half dead. You're dead spiritually. You've been stolen from, you've been whipped, you've been beaten, you, you've been left for dead. Right here and right now. You can allow that good Samaritan to come over right where you are. See, well, I have to get myself cleaned up. I got no. The Good Samaritan will come over right where you are standing right here, right now. And give you a second chance at life. If that's you, I want you to bow your heads in this place. Right now. If that's you, I want you to ask the Good Samaritan to come over on your side of the road. And I want you to ask him to come into your heart. To save you and to heal you and to give you a second chance in life. God, tonight, we're so thankful and grateful for your plan of salvation. Lord, that we in our half-dead, beaten, stolen, hurting state, we found ourselves unable. We, We were unable to go to church and get anything out of it. We were unable For all of the law to help us, we were unable. For all of the priests to help us because we were hurting and we were on the wrong side of the road. Lord, thank you for sending the good Samaritan who came to where we were and saved us. Gave us a brand new start. Right now, for those who in here find yourself in that same situation, I want you to ask Jesus into your heart. Ask him to come in touch you, and heal you, and set you free. Lord, tonight our heart is grateful, and we're full of praise. We're full of praise, Lord, that your plan for eternal life didn't end with the Good Samaritan coming over to the other side, but that you gave us the church. You gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to bandish us up, and to nourish us, to take care of us until you, until you come again. Lord, it's with anticipation we look forward to your coming as we submit ourselves to the inner workings of the church to teach us and to train us and to get us ready. Lord, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Christian Ministries Church Weekly Podcast. Summer is almost here, and we want you to know about one of our awesome resources for teens. Each summer, CMC hosts a camp called High Point Designed for Teens, ages 15 through 19. High Point is a biblical worldview camp that equips young adults for the challenges that are relevant to their culture. High Point has a variety of inspiring speakers, awesome worship, challenging obstacle courses, and fun activities. For more information or to register online, you can visit our website at hpoint.org. Spots are limited, so we encourage you to register today.